We live in the era of the fan. Now more than ever, our voices are heard, and we have a lot to say. With decades of continuity across all of our favorite fictional universes, this podcast is here to take you through what is, what isn't, what could have been, and what is simply canon fodder. And welcome back to Cannon Fodder. My name is Ed. I'm Matt. And I'm Anthony. And today we have a very special episode for you. It is a mini episode, a follow-up to our Who Framed Space Jam episode. Yes. Part two. Part two. So this could be the Who Rescued the Space Jam Roger Rabbit? Who Who Framed framed Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale? Okay. Yeah, because I'm not going to reference Space Jam anymore (laughs) because Space Jam 2 was just so unforgivably horrible. And as you can guess from our title, Who Framed Chip and Dale, uh, we are going to be discussing Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, the new movie that was just released on Disney Plus in June. And so what the uh, movie is all about is it is basically a spiritual successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. That within five minutes in makes it very clear it is a sequel to Roger Rabbit. Yeah. It is 100% yeah, set in the world of Roger Rabbit. And as we discussed in our Who Framed Space Jam episode, we postulated this uh, idea that the world that they created in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where animated characters, tunes, yes. are actually actors and they act on sets and their shenanigans are filmed rather than drawn right and they live in toontown and they interact with each other and they have a career and they have the ups and downs like any other actor does yep we postulated how this type of world also continues into space jam and into tiny tunes and animaniacs and all that but this directly continues that full on and right off the bat like we said you see roger rabbit partying with Chip and Dale, the actors, as they uh, and enjoy their success in the 80s. And this this movie just dials it up to 11 because yeah. the, you know, in Roger Rabbit, they were obviously, at the time that it came out, much more limited in terms of not just the the licensing rights themselves, it was a whole different world than, like, uh, companies were less willing to share then, but just the, the volume of animated characters that existed 35 years ago, nowhere near it was right now. So there were so, so 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 many cameos like like if you blinked you missed a cameo like, i want to go back and watch it again because i know that there's some that i missed and they were all great yeah it was kind of like that ready player one style right where it was just like you were so ex- excited to see every single little cameo character in the background and they all meant something too right. like to where like to building the universe and the world itself it was it was really very like i found it incredibly fun and uh, it was much, certainly much better than Ready Player One. Oh, the story one. was good. Yeah. The jokes were great. And yeah. whereas, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it was a coup just to have a couple of Disney characters and a couple of Warner Brothers characters, also with a little bit of Universal. Yeah. This one went full on out. It was it was oh, everything from everything. Pixar yeah. to, like, cartoons that are in ads between McGruff the Crime Dog, the yep. Coca-Cola Bear. Like, if it was animated, it was in this movie. But it also yeah. just expanded. Randy, Randy Marsh yeah. making an oh, appearance. so great. Yeah. Yeah, but, butthead great. making an appearance. Yep. Like, what? And it also expanded uh, what type of animated characters you see. So yeah. 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit was just 2D drawn animation style characters. But this one brought in claymation, uh, puppets slash Muppets, and of course computer animated characters. But yeah. not just like a Pixar computer animated um, character. It also brought in the like Lord of the Rings and uh, like Polar Express well, style, say that, like yeah. Uncanny Valley. Like any, oh, those guys are also exist in this world as too. That was the best yeah. joke in the whole movie. The first time they meet Seth Rogen's character, who's drawn in that Polar Express style, and they they make a comment about how they can't get a gauge on his expressions or what he's doing. And he goes, "I don't know. He's got those Polar Express eyes. I can't it's tell." So, like it's, it's so just good, such an accurate joke. So you're like when you think about watching the movie Polar Express, you're like, yeah, they're all just like soulless looking characters there's like no emotion <laughs> and i love that the bad part of toontown is called the uncanny valley yes yeah. the uncanny it's, valley. it's so great and, yeah. and you actually see not only odd looking tunes yeah, but dude. like they don't know how to walk around look ming pulled up screenshots from polar express from polar, look at these yeah. creepy ass soulless motherfuckers yeah the the eyes are just lifeless just cold dead lifeless <laughs> eyes and they did such a good job of, of it looks like village that. of the damned right oh and then the and then the other villain was the uh the the coca-cola bear yeah polar bear like that was just the coca-cola polar bear as the villain and then like 3d blue like that was great as well well that that was fun too i think part of the reason why i like this so much is the rules were actually very clear in this world as wacky as it is that all these things are connected you know they introduced a lot of like new concepts so there was the cg surgery Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have Chip and Dale, and they're the stars of the show, and we see them in the 80s. They're both 2D drawn animation, as yep. we remember them, from Rescue Rangers. And then what happens is that when they split up, because Dale tries to go on a solo project, double O Dale, um, they split up, and then to try to reinvigorate his career, Dale ends up having CG surgery, which is basically the equivalent of plastic surgery in this animated world. Yeah. So he ends up looking like one of the chipmunks from the new movies. <laughs> Wait, was it Chip or Dale that got the surgery? I thought it was Chip. No, it was Dale. It was Dale. Okay, it yeah. was Dale. Lost track. Yeah, Dale. Dale is the one with the uh, hair, the hair right, yeah. and Chip does this not. This is why we have hair. the document. <laughs> what documents? Refuse to read the document. What, what on, document? On principle, and and then um, what? Stinky cheese is yeah. the equivalent of drugs in this world. Yeah, yes. stinky it's cheese. So yeah, because, the Muppet guy. Yeah, yeah. because you know it, it's a harkening back to that old animation where um, a mouse smells cheese and like the uh, the odor from the cheese comes up to the nostrils and, yeah, like, pulls, and like pulls, and them, pulls, in, pulls yeah. them in yeah, yeah. So, like, and, and like their eyes are always weird it's so, like that's drugs and then at the end when one of the characters monterey jack who's also a cheese yes <laughs> when monterey jack uh has beaten his addiction he's having non-dairy cheese pizza which is such a like you know he's on the wagon again guys don't worry <laughs> It was just, it was so wild with the mix of characters that they had. I mean, it wasn't just cartoons, it wasn't 3D. They had Muppets and sock puppets. And, I oh, mean, the sock puppets. The sock was, puppet was I lost great. It. And I mean, the live just, action cats you saw for yes, one minute, like yes. in the alleyway, the just cats like from being the live action degenerates. Cat movie. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, so here's my question, though, because I can't, I was trying to remember back from the, the Roger Rabbit episode. Do we ever discuss where the tunes actually come 
come from, like how they exist in this world. We there was some conjecture on our part during the episode. Yeah. Right. Like I had my cool but, world theory, but that right. doesn't the cool world theory really only stands up in the face of just Roger Rabbit. When right. you apply it to this so much broader world, it doesn't necessarily stand up. Because they made it very clear that like this was the world that we live in, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Where so, on earth do sock puppets come from? Yeah, yeah like who, <laughs> so. So is it like? I and mean, is it a guy who just has like a sock puppet on his hand and he's just walking around <laughs> like, and, and that's just okay? Yeah. Like he's got like a snake skeletal structure. Yeah, he's like, like I identify as sock puppet. My my nouns are sock and puppet. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like it almost like they're like I want them to make a like they could make a really ridiculous funny movie exploring the origins of the tunes in the real world oh, where it's like but you but you, you you could do it in a way where you like really make fun of bible thumpers right so okay so follow me here okay. so you have you have Uh-oh. the real humans like us and the tunes right real humans come from like where you know the, where it makes the most sense the theory of evolution you know we've evolved from apes all that stuff the tunes turns out that the Bible thumpers are actually right. There is a God, except he doesn't create humans. He creates the tunes. Oh. So God's image is Mel Mickey Blank. Mouse? Yes. Mel Blank. I no, think. it's just like, like remember that <laughs> South Park episode where you finally meet God and he's like this amalgam yes. of like 17 different yes. things? Yeah. yeah. Like the Christian interpretation oh, of God. The Mormons, like... <laughs> the Mormons had it correctly. Exactly. And actually, it was the Mormons. Yeah. I also like... In Nothing the... to do with humanity, just <laughs> no. tunes. The Simpsons version of God had five fingers. Yes, that's right. Four, right four. Four. I also like that that touch too. Yeah. It, it is interesting. I wonder if it's kind of like Toy Story's 4 version of how a toy gets... Um, Consciousness. I don't know if you've seen yeah. Toy Story Four. I have, yeah. So like, w- the kid makes Forky, right? Yeah, and like makes a a, a toy out of right. discarded plasticware, right? And by putting um, putting like little googly eyes and a pipe cleaner, you know, arms, yeah. right? It brings consciousness to this horrible right. looking toy. I wonder if there's something such a... about the world of Roger Rabbit and Chip and Dale where they where they get creative but then again well but see when they had a mom and they were kids in school so they weren't acting no see when you go off that logic though of the creation of forky it has the implication that like anybody can create sentient animated life if they just like believe hard enough right like because that's the implication of the kid just could be creating forky (laughs) that's what i'm saying like you know like Think about warfare. If like Russia could just draw a Terminator, yeah. well then, <laughs> yeah, wow. well then, but then, yeah. then apply that, apply that wrong. same, apply that same logic though to Sid from the first Toy Story movie. Yeah. Like, think of it in the sense that he knew exactly what he was doing all along. He knew that the toys were sentient. <laughs> like he was no, only no, scared. He was terrified when they talked because they, they they turned on him, not yeah. because. But I'm just saying, like it would be such a great. No, <laughs> I, I would love to see them do this world. But can we also talk about how? brave they were they made peter pan like this terrible so villain good. oh man oh, so good. such a Dude, bold he's, choice he was so like he was the little boy that could never grow up but then he yeah. grew up but like really didn't grow up well right? it's, a, it's, a, it's such a great joke on child actors right oh, like yeah. you know yeah. like your danny bonaducci's and like people yeah. like that it's yeah. such a great dig at child actors who grow up to be that that fat disgusting fucking <laughs> yeah well, the whole idea of... Sneaky Pete. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the whole idea of... It's Sweet Pete. Sweet Pete. Sweet Pete. Sweet Pete. That's Pete. right. The whole Sweet idea Pete. of actors who have like one-hit wonders or like a typecast, Yeah, it obviously would apply so much more to tunes because yeah. 
you know, one of the characters in this movie that falls on hard times is owes money to the mob and then ends up getting kidnapped and tortured because they owe money to the mob yeah. is Flounder. Yeah. yeah. Little Mermaid's Flounder. <laughs> and, so good. and it makes total sense that an actor like Flounder would fall on hard times because like how many Little Mermaid movies are there going to be? What type of career can a Flounder have? Yeah. <laughs> were, were, were there more than one? Was there a Little Mermaid 2 there, or 3? There, there, was, there was like a sing-along. Yeah, I think Little Mermaid 2, they just yeah. flipped the, they just flipped the script. Her daughter, who was raised on the land, wanted to go into the ocean. <laughs> so here's the so here's the question that I have. When you start to think of things in that sense, right? Oh, return to the a sea. question that there came that came to me when we were watching Chippendales uh, was the the candle guy from Beauty and the Beast. I forget his name, right? Candelabra, Candelabra. Uh, right? Who yeah. uh, he was Lucerne, right? I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's, that's yeah. where I'm going with this, yeah. right? So in Chippendale, we see him. Um, shoot some fire, you know, at the end he comes in to, like, help out or yeah, whatever, right? because he's, like, he he knows Dale from the, like, right. circuit but, of, yeah. like, Comic-Cons. But yeah. he is in his candle form. At the end of Beauty and the Beast, he very clearly reverts back to a human. So, in his real life, quote-unquote real life, was he actually always a candle and then he got oh. acted as a human for the part of Beauty and the Beast? Or was he, That's right, a, was he a human tune who then, like, why is he back in candle form? Because the roles had two actors. Oh no, that's stupid. There no, were two. There were tunes. They in the in the, they clearly no, they had two roles. No, I don't like that idea. <laughs> I think it's the only one that makes sense. We we no, hit- stop making sense. <laughs> it's it's like when you have a flashback and you have a younger actor play like a kid version of Captain Marvel. Let's say and you yeah, have the adult okay. version of Captain okay. Marvel. See, I'm on like, board yeah. for that. I, I guess so that's I, true. I like yeah, that. when you when you think I, about I the fact that Beauty and the Beast was acting, so he was a candle. So yeah. he's a candle. So he's yeah. also typecast issues. Right. How many, so how many movies do you need a living candle for? <laughs> so the Beast and the human version of the Beast are two different, different characters. Two right. different 100%, characters. One hundred percent. Two different actors. Yeah. yeah. So then, hard hitting questions. Here so on then, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> it was just animated. She was in a mermaid suit. Then she actually has legs. Yes. Yes. yes I think yes, she was wearing the, same the equivalent yeah. of. Yeah. She was basically wearing a. She, it was this a costume. Is, this thing. is great. I yeah. love thinking about costumes. <laughs> wait. 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 So can we go deeper into like weird theories? Go. Yes, All right. Go. Cool. Oh, but no. Before we get yeah, too yeah. deep, I do want to also mention one more thing before we forget about it. The best reference to Who Framed Roger Rabbit was that when Sweet Pete. Right was about to torture yes. uh, Chip yes. oh my in God. the movie. Yes. He opens up your stereotypical like bag that like rolls out. And yeah, all these all things. The yeah, the torture, torture bag. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the knives and the weird looking pizza cutter type things. <laughs> and then in it is a little bottle of dip. And yeah. we we will post a photo. I took a photo like as we were watching the movie. I took a photo right away. Yeah, yeah. Anthony caught it because we all watched it together earlier this morning. I'm going to post a photo on Instagram. It is a bottle of dip, which, of course, was the way that the villain, the judge, would kill tunes because dip yep. completely destroys a tune. Now, yeah. here's, a, here's a thing we'll have to get into, too. Does dip also kill slash destroy puppets and claymation? Oh, right. Because are they like are they considered tunes like or is being well, is being a Muppet like being like a form of transgender in the tune world like oh no i identify like you know <laughs> no it's it's just i guess it just expands the theory it's just like they're like another thing right like, ba- basically in this world everything that is on a movie is an actor so yes so right. it's like it's like a puppet is just another and type didn't yeah. didn't uh uh, the villain in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit didn't his skin melt off when he was in the dip? Well, he was a tune, right? He was a tune. He, but was, a he tune. was wearing a like a human suit. Yeah. Well, so, he was wearing like a like, a, like a rubber a, like a human. Yeah. Type. Yeah. yeah. 
It wasn't like human skin. He yeah. wasn't some sort of like, it was, you know. It was some Buffalo Bill shit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a little crazy. But no, yeah, because that, that also like begs the questions, yeah. right? Like, you, Judge you know, Doom. like, you know, so Dip is the only thing that can kill tunes. Right. Do things like the Sock Puppet and the Gumbies and the Muppets of the world also, are they in that tune category? And do they have, you know, like the, because you, you, you know, they, they talk about it a lot in Roger Rabbit where like, you know, you smash into the wall or get hit by an anvil, like, and you're fine, right? But you've never seen a, a Muppet get blown up, you know, no. by, Acme Dynamite or get hit by an anvil. So do they have the same invulnerabilities that the classic standard tunes do? Well, and the, do you like get beefed up when you get CGI'd? Like this is it? <laughs> well, we didn't yeah. see much puppet interaction. Like puppets were a character in this movie, but they were just kind of like more of cameo. Right, like, they're just there. There was a Swedish chef type character, and of course there was a sock puppet, which seems like it was filmed by like just them projecting the movie on a wall and a guy going like this with a sock puppet. Like, just uh, yeah, yeah no, it looked very it seemed, natural. And, and like it went out of it. They went out of their way to make it look kind of silly, which I love. Yeah. Right. Because it it's because it's such it a silly little cameo that perfect. like you know one of the cops of this crime scene is a sock puppet like <laughs> yeah. like it really just it really just set and this is in the first like fifteen minutes of the movie yeah. so it really sets up what type of movie you're watching right away you're yeah. just like this is absurd and you just have to accept it but there is a great fight sequence if you will with <laughs> the claymation detective. Oh yeah, and Doctor uh, yeah, Detective that was Putty, pretty cool. JK and, yeah, yeah, and he JK seemed Simmons, yeah. and he seemed to be pretty much invulnerable. He was, he was like the T the T one thousand. Yeah, because yeah. he was broken up into little pieces, kind of like spoiler alert for uh, Multiverse of Madness. He was split up just like Mister Fantastic was in Multiverse of Madness, and he yes, survived. That's true. And he was and and like pieces of him could be taken off and put back on, and he was completely frozen and then pushed over and shattered, a la T one thousand. Yes, and he great. still survived because at the end of the movie you see him in a jail cell. So the claymation seemed to be super powered and completely invulnerable. Yeah, it was like Majin Buu. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Um, so okay, so getting into a, a weird theory. So we got to go all the way back to one of our very first episodes when we talked about the Quentin Tarantino universe. And actually, mm-hmm. we talked about it in, in a couple different senses, but the whole concept of movie movie, you know, real than real universes, right. right? And we tied that theory in a later episode to elements of the MCU when we were talking about the Kevin Smith and the VUS universe. Right. Obviously because of that scene, well, a couple of scenes, obviously one where you know Stanley reading the Mallrats script and then yes. Mallrats itself, you yep. know, Stanley existing in that world and talking about those characters. Yes. So one of the quick cameos in this movie, in the Chip and Dale's movie, was not a tune cameo. It was Paul Rudd, because a lot of yes. the movie takes place at like a comic <laughs> con, right? And it's Paul Rudd, and he's sitting at a table, and he's he's talking about it. He goes, oh, the character was actually originally called Ant-Man, like A-U-N-T, and it was going to be blah, blah. He's going on and on about it, and but there's no Marvel insignias around nope. him. There's no Avengers, but like it's no. very obvious that he's talking about Ant-Man. So, But Marvel does exist in this world. You I was going to say, Right, you so, saw Marvel characters. Well, you at saw this Tigra, right? Con, you, of she's literally, and they have the Avengers logo behind her. Yeah. Like, so you, you like, you know that it exists in some way, shape, or form. So then Paul Rudd is. So, that, so then it's what? It's realer than real, right? Because yeah. Paul Rudd is playing Paul Rudd talking about the Ant Man movie in right. that world. Oh yeah, yeah this exactly. Is filled with realer than real. I mean, I love it. Fast yeah. and Furious Baby. This was my favorite oh, poster. Oh god, yes, <laughs> that was my favorite poster. Because <laughs> that's why you have to watch this movie more than once. Uh, because there, every frame has a reference in it. Like yes. all of the scenes when they're walking down the street, or when they're in the Comic Con, or when they're watching TV, or when Chip opens his refrigerator. Everything is a reference. You know, there's yeah. Looney Tunes. Um, 
branded like frozen dinners in his refrigerator. Like, yeah. As he's walking down Hollywood Boulevard, there are all these um all these like posters for different movies. You know, it's like everything is a reference. And what Dobby the house elf from yes. Harry Potter yep. Yep. is uh, in a Gucci ad. Yeah, which is Dobby amazing. Dobby in the Gucci ad probably was one yeah. of my uh, favorite just background cameos that was it's, there. It's just great. And then of course you had mentioned earlier. You know, there is Butthead running for office, yep. which is an interesting thing that also makes a lot of sense. But then, what does that mean for citizenship? What are the rights of tunes? Right. Do tunes have the same rights as normal humans? Yeah. That's why I'm saying you gotta make these weird ass movies that go like dark with this stuff and figure <laughs> this like figure this shit out. Because I mean, because they, they talk a little bit about that, you know, in Roger Rabbit, obviously, because he's you know wanted for murders, yeah. so to speak, or and that's that whole thing. And but, they have jobs, they seem to own property. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, even though really, it's smaller. Yeah, they never. I really... do like those references. I like how, <laughs> yeah. but that's the also chipmunk car. Yeah, the also chipmunk car. Actually, like to give this movie some more props. Oh, it, he is a senator. Yeah. Oh, so he's not the president. Yeah. He's just a senator, Senator Butthead. <laughs> well, so he's already won. This is this appears to be a re-election campaign. Oh, that's <laughs> true. That's yeah, even vote, better, vote Senator Butthead. <laughs> which begs the which begs the question: Where is Beavis? Yeah, where is Beavis? Like, did he kill Beavis? Like, <laughs> no, it's just he's their the actors. Manager. They can be friends outside of work. That this is, but you know, he's moved beyond that. He, he was an actor, <laughs> right? You know. Like, Yes. They need to make a Beavis and Butthead movie yeah. in the same style of Chip and Dale. Wait, where what's, they, the what's actors the get apart, you know, like that it says underneath it. Oh, something you gotta, about you gotta laws, zoom in, I don't yeah. know. Something. I mean, can you zoom in on that picture and see what the line under vote Senator Butthead yeah. says? What is the Vote, vote to, to get, get tough, tough on, on bootleg, bootleg, laws. bootleg laws. Oh my god, that's so great because that was such a theme of the because Peter Peter Pan was bootleg was a bootlegger. Yeah. Right. So that's that's the last bit of the rules of the world we haven't talked about. Is right. so uh, there's basically an illegal use of the CG surgery yep. that Dale has, whereas Dale uses it to get proper plastic surgery to look younger slash more modern. Right. Um, Peter Pan and his whole operation kidnaps these uh, tunes that fall behind to them um, on their drug payments. It's so dark. Yeah. And he, what he does is he changes them just slightly. Like they're basically the same character, but they have different ears, or they'll have a different like body type, yeah. and makes them into a bootleg version. Just like you know, I feel like I remember seeing them at like Target and like Walmart's. Yeah. Like there'd be like a mermaid movie that looked just like the Little Mermaid. Yeah, GoBots. Like, oh no, have no, different would, hair. It's literally no, the dude, GoBots. Yeah. No, dude, you would go to. I used to love going when like when I was a kid. And like my dad would always take us on family trips. Any city we went to, I would always find like track down like some of the weird ass comic shops that yeah. were there. And some of those places, especially in like, in, like Chinatowns, and, oh um, yeah, just the most like it would be like it would be a, a an action figure pack of like Spider Man, and the 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 card on the back would say Power Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it was just and it was like a shitty toy also, yeah. like just the worst Chinese ripoff shit ever. Spider Man. Yeah, but not even Spider Man. Just like yeah, like look, all the stuff that makes yeah the super up. super. Superman series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God, I love... I used to love that shit. Yeah. Oh, that shit is so great. <laughs> and just look how jacked it is. I know, like... he's just, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's like a burned-up Mego. But I like how in this world, that basically implies that Butthead is sort of a civil rights leader, if you will. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Right? Like yeah. He yeah, is, he's fighting he is, for tune rights. rights. <laughs> yeah, it's like, incredible. He's an inspirational character. Dude, like, Butthead, who would have thought? He's the, well, guy, you know what? He's he's the a... guy that you want to back. I would love if, you know... What's interesting is, for the most part, the character's... See the actors, if they will, when they're in the regular life, seem to have the same 
kind of personality as they yeah. do on screen. Right. But how great would it be if like Butt his is just like he's a serious dude. I know that would yeah. yeah. And and that's just like that was a role I played. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, <Yeah>. know, <laughs> you know I you know, I care about, you know, but my that civic also, responsibilities. Yeah. But that also lends that also lends credence to the theory of like typecasting in the tune world because he was only getting typecast as that role. As so yeah. he had to leave yeah. acting altogether yeah. and yeah. then went into politics yeah. because he couldn't get a job otherwise. Yeah, because he was a one hit wonder. Yes. The only role that he was popular in was butthead yes and yeah. speaking of like getting typecast it really gets to the um the the references and reverence that they had for the original rescue rangers they reference specific episodes multiple times yes. in terms of like the ways they would get yeah. out of trouble and or like whatever um way they were trying to uh, solve this case chip yeah. and dale when they would talk to each other and to some of the uh, police officers they would reference specific episodes which were all legit by the way like mm-hmm. like like what they did was reference an episode but also the reason why they broke up in the beginning was because um dale went off to go do a show called double o dale yeah double o picked up (laughs) an unaired pilot (laughs) but that was inspired by an actual episode of rescue rangers called double o chipmunk yeah where he and chip played like a james bond version yeah i also a a little reference that i thought was very well thought out is they had a lot of reverence when they saw the um display for indiana jones at the little tune con they had which yeah. which is great because I don't think people realize is that when you look at Chip and Dale, Dale is supposed to be Magnum PI. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Who yes. almost who himself, the actor, almost played Indiana Jones. Right. And yes. Chip dresses just like Indiana exactly. Jones. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Yep. So it was a really good like meta reference, like really tying in how those worlds work. Dude, I was just thinking too, you were talking about what rights do the tunes have. I also the, there was the scene where they showed them Chip and Dale meeting in school. They're very clearly in a public school, right? Yes. So they have that, you know, and it, and it's just the little and they're there with other tunes and other exactly. humans and they yeah. have their yeah. little chipmunk table. Like. Yeah, the small little table <laughs> and they're just sitting by themselves. And a nice little reference to show the difference between the characters uh, is that so Chip seems to be very comfortable being uh, a tune. Yep. Like he knows who he is. So like Chip has a small house, he has yep. a small car, he has yep. a small uh like small everything. Like he lives in a in a world where he's the right size. Dale has a normal human size house. Yeah. Drives a human car. Yep. Yeah. And all that type stuff. With the modifications. Yeah. Yeah, because he wants yeah. to be like a normal human. Exactly. That's why exactly. he got the 3D surgery. That's why, you know, yeah, because he wants to relate more to the fan base. And then uh, one final reference that I want to tie in, tying in this movie, is that I found on uh, the Movie Details subreddit, I found that the type of beer that Chip and Dale are drinking. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, man. It's called a Kupara beer, A-K-U-P-A-R-A. A Kupara. It is a fake brand of beer but it's seen in one other movie which is palm springs another andy, andy samberg, samberg movie wow. <laughs> which means that and, and look at the shirt that he's yeah. wearing he's even wearing a dale yeah style so shirt. i will post i found these photos it's photos of chip and dale drinking this brand of beer as well as andy samberg's character from palm springs which itself was a metaphysical movie about time travel right. and time loops yeah. now the only problem with palm springs being in the same world is that you don't see any tunes in that world. Right. But right. however, tunes tend to live in LA. 
You know, it's and, kind of a segregated society, as we yeah. described about in Uber and Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Maybe there's just not a lot of them out in Palm Springs. Yeah. I, or, think, that, I think that's just it, right? Like, do tunes have regular jobs outside of L.A.? Or are they all just reformed, struggling actors? I think they're, I think they're like a marginalized community to this day. And um, whereas, you know, like, in bigger cities... Like members of the LGBTQ plus community feel more comfortable than they would like in the heartland. Yeah, I I I would postulate that I think tunes feel more comfortable in like California, in LA, LA, or LA, New York, you know, in New yeah. York. And you know, like I, I feel like you know, like you know, like there's not like a small That's town tune community. You know, it's like I don't think they feel really comfortable in Alabama. Yeah, no, no, that's a great point. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yes, uh, wrapping up our mini episode here, um, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, I think it's a must-see. Yes, it uh, really it is. It is definitively 100% connected to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's not just a spiritual successor as I thought it was going into it. They no. make it very clear throughout oh, yeah. the movie that this is set in the world's same rules. Yeah. So I totally um, – I'm totally a huge fan of it. And this is, you know, all part of a kind of a rebranding of Chip and Dale because there's a new, like, traditional reboot of the animated show as well. That's right. on Disney Plus right now. But yeah, just going forward, we'll just finish the episode by talking about where do you want to see this universe go? Like, what type, what character and or type of story would you like to see in this world where tunes are actors? Man, that was just... Oh. Uh, I already that's... said mine. I want I want the, the dark comedy where you find out that there is a god yeah. who creates the tunes. That's where the tunes come from. And it turns into a whole, like, you know, uh, spiritual, uh, political debate between the, you know, the rights of tunes and the rights of humans and conflicting and the Jesus people were right. But there's also the scientific theory that's right. I, I want, like, a really dark comedy based around that now who would you want to be the tune like a pre-existing tune like 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 Like, the the tune god yeah no who would be the chippendale that like who do you think would be the best pre-existing character to build that around oh god i mean given that this given that given that chippendale's brought in so many different properties it would I would, you know what? It would need to be like over the top, ridiculous characters. Like, give me like a Ren and Stimpy, like for that. <laughs> you know, like have them be the ones. Like, I need, I need like the stupidest characters yeah. to stumble upon that. Like, like their their the their creation yeah. needs to be discovered by like the dumbest characters imaginable. Yeah. Like a Ren and Stimpy character, that would be nice. good. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I love the idea of. Uh, actually taking the political twist on this and having it be something that with they're fighting for tune rights. Yes. Right? And I think that you could make it very topical but also very comedic at the same time where you have tunes and they're they're fighting for their rights. And as I was joking about before, you know, they are are they could do social media campaigns and talking about their proper pronouns, right? Yeah. For you know, like for, <laughs> for for tunes, which I think would be awesome and hilarious um i think that like allowing tunes right into like sports right like like we are doing with transgender people right now right oh like and talking about right because they're super powered right like yes. like what if bugs bunny comes in and he just has a giant tree as his baseball bat and he just comes in and he's just <laughs> knocking home runs right like i think that would be hilarious and but you like at the same time you have someone who's fighting for tune rights and and somebody who's trying to assassinate, you know, Senator Butthead, right? <laughs> I think that could be really cool. And if I were to pitch something, I would love to see 
a very old, almost forgotten Toon character, like like Oswald the Rabbit, which was the first character Walt Disney made. He looked just like Mickey Mouse, but he had rabbit ears. Yes. Sure. Or um, or like a Betty Boop or something. Like have a very old character. Yeah, I would and love kind of have Boop. some sort cool. of like tragic element to their lives. Like have them be older, kind of like mess with the rules of this world. Like what does it mean to be like? Basically, like a hundred, which yeah. Oswald the Rabbit would be, I think, because he came around like I think in the early nineteen twenties, yeah, early twenties, yeah. And like, so you would have have a hundred year old character, but who doesn't seem to age? Because that's also weird too. Some characters don't age. Peter Pan did, right? Yeah. Kind of play along with that type yeah. thing. Well, because he's kind more of also, human. The human characters yeah. seem to age, and, right? But the uh, animal or whatever based characters don't. Yeah, just seem kind of explore to. that yeah. bit and just have it, but have it be more of like a you know like time has passed me by type storyline. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be really cool. I, yeah. I, I think that would be uh, Disney. Just come to. I, I like the idea of using. Like one of the rotoscoped characters, right? Yeah. Like like a Betty Boop or like a Tin Cup. Type. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, I I just can't say enough about it. it's so impressive how Disney was able to get basically every company's animation in there. Yeah, they yeah. Really how, like I, I can't. How did how they, they cross over? Like there were so many like Warner Brothers properties right. and. Uh, just everything else. I mean, just the fact that they had Simpsons and Stan Mar- and Randy Marsh yeah. in there. Like- well, it's because it's there's so much content now. Like, there's, it's no longer a competition. Like, everybody's watching yeah. everything. Like, yeah. so their com- companies are much more inclined to be like, yeah, did you want a, a three second cameo for my character? Go right ahead. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> just don't kill him or like you know. <laughs> Yeah, because because and the, I wonder if they were allowed to do it because they never directly reference them by name. But it's but it, all that stuff is like but the actual design and all that stuff. Is, yeah, it's all yeah. technical. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I mean, they definitely they definitely had to get everybody's permission. But yeah, because yeah. to be clear, you know, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, which we've now ruined for you with all the spoilers, you know, <laughs> these aren't like draw alikes, if you will. It's not right. like oh, yeah. that looks like the equivalent of the Randy Marsh card. It is one hundred percent Randy Marsh. Oh, it's one hundred. It is one hundred percent Foghorn style. Like, yeah. like it is one hundred percent these other companies yeah. like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like you Rick see a Morty, Pickle yeah. Rick, you know. Yeah, and then you like, literally uh, see Pickle Rick later yeah, on. It's yeah. awesome. But yeah, so so thank you for listening to our mini episode, our follow-up to Who Framed Space Jam, entitled Who Framed Chip and Dale. Um, highly, highly enjoyed this and can't wait to see where they go next. And just yeah. Andy Samberg and John Mulaney just killed it in their voice. Yeah, yeah they were, they were really good. The, the whole thing was just start to finish. It was a fun movie, a fun ride. It was, it was really, really like just wildly entertaining. So highly encourage everyone to go out and watch this movie. Excellent. Well, until then, everybody, my name is Ed. I'm Matt. And I'm Anthony. And, and this, this is Cannon, Cannon Fodder. There's no case to be, no case too small.